1: Stand back. It's episode 100 of the Worlds Collide podcast. I can't believe we made it 100 episodes. Me and Tony talk about this like every week. And uh, like uh, Pat Schertz said, I think we're just like kayfabing you guys that we're never going to show up. But uh, we're going to do a roundtable today. We've got uh, four other great guests. We may have one or two other run ins depending on how this goes. And uh, you guys know the roundtable format. And this isn't bringing people on necessarily to kiss up to us about how good our show is because i mean yeah, yeah. come on Card yeah, foundation beat us to this we're like the dark match after the card foundation just hit their 100 episodes so uh, but we've got a couple of new guests on we're going to start at the top with a couple of our regulars paul how's going
2: i'm not a regular it's the first time you've been on your show no <laughs> you, you... <laughs> i've never been on wars
1: collide before yeah you've been on the round tables have i yeah i don't think so i'm pretty sure you have well, if not, you're if not, you're a regular just amongst us. Maybe I'm a regular,
2: but I, I I'm pretty sure that Chuck is the only one that's been on every single show. But I've I've never been on the podcast, I don't think. Now I could be wrong.
1: Wait, wait a minute. Tony, is this actually episode 100 or is this episode like seven? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. Well,
2: Paul, regardless, welcome. So, if there's, well, only, Paul, been seven, welcome. If there's only been for... seven, I don't feel so bad then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to join us today. Chuckster, what's up? Hey, not much. How are you guys going? Good to be here again. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for taking the time. And we've got two new guests. Pat Ryan, go for go for it.
3: How's it going, guys? Uh, what what do you want me to say? Introduce myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just thanks um, for coming on. Thank you, 50 plus year old Canadian, former pro wrestler, former actor, former done a whole bunch of stuff in the entertainment business blew my knee out in 96 Trained, started training with rhino the first training class of border city wrestling um but since i can't wrestle anymore i turned to collecting um and i took a lot of time off and i restarted collecting well i've been collecting figures for a while and then in 2018 i bought the rock um autograph rookie card for 100 bucks canadian and that restarted everything so since then it's been pretty cra- pretty crazy and fun and yeah my room is filling up rapidly of everything
1: yeah for for those of you watching the video version of this you can see every all the cool stuff in the background. so thanks for joining us uh the other so we got pat ryan and then we got the other ryan welcome
4: got ryan pat
1: (laughs) ryan
0: how you doing i'm ryan vox um i've really only been collecting a couple years um much like pat trained pro wrestler went through the drill decided that uh I was sick of my fingertips getting all tingly and not being able to feel them and forgetting (laughs) stuff. So I decided to start writing it. And now I'm the co-owner for American X Wrestling alongside Kevin Kelly, uh, my good friend Jared, and my other friend Antonio. And when COVID hit is when I started collecting because we started doing all the, the Facebook Live videos and stuff like that. And my good friend Bob Evans had a collector friend named Jeff Chabot from um, Two Sweet Antiques. And I started getting into his lives. And I think I bought a mystery box from him, right? And he sends it out and I'm rifling through it. And I found the WrestleMania three card where Bam or uh, Bad News Brown hit hit Man Heart with the ghetto blaster and threw him over the top rope of the battle royal. My memory got flooded and all of a sudden I had to be all into cards again. I got a box of those impels that Tony's been printing off like crazy (laughs) and put together a set. And then I've just been running from there, man. I found, I found
1: your podcast and just been running. Yeah. Hopefully what we, you know, a hundred episodes of hopefully bringing value to people, uh, new collectors, maybe it's older collectors that just didn't have, a lot of social media presence coming back and listening to us and getting involved with everybody in this zoom call right now and speaking to us on Twitter, Instagram or whatever, but it's a round table, you know, the drill we're circling back to Paul, Paul, anything you want to talk about specifically today?
2: Um, you know, I, I was thinking this morning, you know, like uh, the, the point of this is a is hundred episodes and I was thinking, shit, that's pretty good. Like we've had a hundred worlds collide. We just went through a hundred card foundation. We've had uh Twenty-year anniversary of WTC. Uh, my, my site's ten-year, ten years going, and I was thinking mm-hmm. that you know, it wasn't that long ago, you know, four or five years ago that there wasn't any of this stuff. What there was right. was, was uh, Tony's WTC forums, and that was basically Chuck and Nick talking about tops. Now, I chime <laughs> in every once in a while, every time I did a, a post, the price guide, and I think Armand sort of floated, and that was it. Um, you know uh, Husker has been going throughout as you guys know and of course the vintage guys maybe you know, my book came out in 2010 they started getting active sort of after that but that was it that was the landscape you know so to think now in the short time that Tony's done over 100 episodes now um, Adam and Ryan are doing shows uh, on WTC we're doing our monthly and we've done what a lot of them anyways yeah uh, 100 of this show 100 account card foundation so like just thinking a couple of years since COVID What's happened to the market, but what's mm. what we've done with the hobby, and it's sensational. You know, like all these guys knew, um, it, it, it's just been wonderful. So, so my sort of uh, comment is just a congratulations, you Zan to all the work you do, Bella over there in the corner drinking his energy juice. Um, you know, <laughs> everything that you guys you guys do, you know, you've you've propelled the, the hobby light years forward um you know chuck and i work behind the scenes as you know to try and give as much information to tony and to anthony and to uh, you know um but i think this sort of collective that we formed of all of us is, is a great thing i don't know if you'd be able to do it in hockey baseball football you know um get a sort of core group of guys that have the same commitment to uh, sort of building the hobby having fun and being respectful to each other you know we've all become very close friends which is nice to see um so that's my comment you know thumbs up dude well done congratulations
1: Thank you. And thanks for t- thanks to Tony as well. You know, we couldn't Absolutely. It, takes two, it takes two of us to do this show. And if it I already I think we had the conversation offline, like if one of us decides we're not going to do it anymore, like that's it. There is no replacements. If it's not both of us doing the show, we're not doing it. Well, so, let me just
2: say this before I before I pa- pass it over. I appreciate the work you do because I get to be Tony on his show. Tony is to do all the work. He's got to schedule. His He's got it. <laughs> I just show up, take my glasses off, say my thing, and then I'm gone. And then I wait till Wednesday for it to show up. Meanwhile, Buddy's doing all the work on it, and I understand that you do a lot of the organizing and the writing, and you guys batch them and do all that stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, don't sell yourself short, Zan. You've 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 done a great job, and not just on this show, but your own show. And the numbers Thank show you. it. You know, like the the community is is supportive, and the outside world is supportive. You're you're getting there. You know, a thousand in no time, and then we'll have another one of these to celebrate. Hey, one of us got to a thousand uh, YouTube. So, um, all great stuff, guys.
1: Well, and to just I guess kind of comment on that, the whole reason I started this is because. Nobody was really doing it. I say that all the Mm -hmm. time. Like we had, we had content creators for all these other sports cards and I've always like wanted to do, I've done podcasts in the past, but like none of it ever really stuck on anything, but no, I was like, okay, here's a niche that I enjoy. I'm not going to come out here and say I'm an expert at anything, but I just want to talk about them to help kind of, you know, put it in the forefront that, Hey, wrestling cards are cool. You know, if you like collecting, but you don't like regular traditional sports, wrestling is the way to go and you're you're right it's just kind of stuck and then it's just expanded and i'm hoping that somebody out there maybe it's our our two newer guys on the show or three i guess if you want to count paul apparently <laughs> um I, i'm hoping there's going to be more content creators out there and on, for everybody that listened to the 100 episode of card foundation you know they were mm-hmm. out there saying like they didn't know if you know, we're going to be stepping on toes or it's going to be like infighting based on who's the better content creator. And I've always just said that the more people we can get talking about any segment, whether it's somebody wanting to talk about just flipping in the market, somebody wanting to talk about just set collecting, somebody just wanting to talk about news and notes of wrestling cards. Like it takes all of that stuff to kind of make it all go around because there's different segments within each niche. So I'm hoping that, we get more content creators. Me and Tony say that like almost every episode, like, Hey, if you're interested in creating content for wrestling cards, do it because you never know, like who's going to see what you're posting or talking about or your video. And it, you know, makes them want to start collecting. So that's the goal is, you know, I'm hoping that we get more people doing what we're doing. Sure. Anyone else want to chime in with anything Paul said?
0: I've I've thought about creating some content. I think I'm still um, absorbing more knowledge right now. I did think about starting, you know, the beginner's guide to collecting wrestling cards because I still feel like I am a beginner. I do the um, only collect what you like kind of PC thing with all my weird little PCs that I have, and then I sell everything else.
1: It's a it's a good idea to you know. There's information is what people mainly are looking for when they're, you know, people treat YouTube like a search engine now. So if you wanted yeah. to do a video showing off your collection and why you collect like that, that's really all I would think you would need to get started on that. And I think the other misconception is you need a lot of fancy equipment and all this stuff. Like I Not shoot roughly. most of my videos on my phone, uh, mm-hmm. the mic that I'm recording this with and the webcam, like I think combined was like $60 or seventy. Like it's, you know, you can get started on this stuff for very inexpensive and you just got to start putting it out there. Me and Tony have also talked about Gary V being huge inspirations to us. And yeah. that's the whole thing. Is like, just get out there, talk, find something you like, find your niche, talk about it. And, it. and then it's opened up other things for me, like making relationships with people, like giving me, not necessarily giving me, but hey, did you see this cross card? Or hey, I just pulled this in a, you know, blaster. Do you want it? And then of course the bulk buy, like I get people coming to me now that see, talking, yep, there's Gary V right there that Ryan's got. Gem in 10, baby. That's awesome. (laughs) People come to me because it's, uh, I'm still going to give credit to Brett McGrath from Stacking Slabs podcast for always saying that creating content is the hobby hack for numerous reasons, whether it's building relationships or opening up other business ventures or getting that card that you can't find. And all of a sudden, you know, it may never be on eBay, but that person that's got it locked away in their collection finds out you collect them. And the next thing you know, you've got it in your collection. So uh, content creation is just, it's been a lot, it is a grind. It's time consuming, but it's been a lot of fun. Tony, you want to chime in on any of that?
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, had all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, when we started doing this, it's just because uh, uh, because of YouTube. I mean, um, I was looking around uh, and saw that the only thing I could find when it came to wrestling cards on YouTube and talking about was your show. And that was the only show that I knew that existed mm-hmm. when it talking about just wrestling cards. And then shortly thereafter, you know, David Porto, the co-owner of WTC, and I just, decided to talk about wrestling cards one day and uh, you know, next thing you know, Paul messaged me and says, you know, you guys just kind of lit a fire on your guys' asses. Now, people are going to expect this uh, this stuff to be updated now on WTC. And that's where we're at. So it's just opened the door for a lot of things for me uh, both from a collecting standpoint, uh, uh, building relationships, uh, networking uh, every which way you possibly can to the point that I've, I just opened a store now here in Phoenix, Arizona, and here I am trying to find a way to take all these pieces, of the YouTube and, uh, you know, creating content and WTC and stores and booking talent and all that stuff. And then trying to tie it all together somehow. I've got all these pieces and I just don't have any clue how this puzzle is going to fit, but we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's that's also part of the fun is figuring it out as we go. Like it's been a, like, maybe I'm the one who just likes the like spontaneous uh, creative journey that goes along with this, where you don't really know everything you're doing, but the more you do it, the more you learn. So I I love it.
4: I love it. I, I love the journey and the process is fun. At times it can be frustrating because I just, I want to see that there's going to be some light at the end of the tunnel type of thing. You know, like where are we headed? My wife hits me up all the time. Like, you know, well, you spend a lot of time on this wrestling card thing. Uh, is there anything ever going to become of it? Like money wise, <laughs> Right, an awful lot of time on it uh updating and connecting and you and paul doing your thing and you and chucks are doing your thing and you and, and, you and, and it's like is there ever going to be any payoff at the end of it i'm like honey i i don't know but the journey's fun i just hope that someday something becomes of it Um Let,
1: let's hope it's a nice parallel to the journey of your loomis revolution done yeah. I, yeah, I exactly. <laughs> but, but I can, you know, that's a collecting journey. Like you're trying to put something together like that and you're missing a couple of cards and it does get frustrating, but you, you know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that's just yeah. what I, that's what I just keep saying. But, you know, uh, through that whole process, I'm just like, I, I guess I'm just messed up person. Like I love editing. I love what, like what, what posting all light? this stuff. What it's just the, fun.
2: What is the light at the end of the tunnel though, guys? Like what is that light exactly. financially? Riches, bags of money. Like, I mean, we're obviously doing it for the uh, love of the body. At this point, but we talk about these pieces and all this stuff, and we've had this conversation over and over, and we hope we're moving towards something. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact that the journey itself, right? You know, the chase is better than the catch. You know, these are the times that we're going to remember. You know, I've had times in my life where I've had a lot of money; I've been very lucky in life, and I've had times where not so much. And you know what? My life is the same because I've I've understood that that's not the be-all and end-all. So that's why you know, like if 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 there's a goal or if there's a you know if we say you know we we want we're looking for something at the end of it we should define it because i don't think it's money necessarily you know what we've accomplished here what we've done with the national what you're doing tony with your store everything else you know it's leading to something but it might not it might not be a big payoff at the end of the day you know so you're gonna have to tell your wife you know i you know uh, i i come home (laughs) saying at the end of the day with a smile on my face or something that's that's basically what i do it's just i
4: i don't have an answer for that i've never you do what you love do you not and it's, of course, and that's yeah. kind of, it's hard to explain to someone who doesn't share that passion probably with you. So I got to find ways to try to, uh, uh, make her understand or, uh, find something that she's into that I can make her and, and it's and kind of compare the two. It's like, you know, it's what you do over here with this it's what I'm doing over here with that. You know, at the end of the day, we just do it because we love doing it. And, uh, you know, I never got into this hobby because I wanted to become rich and famous at all because. It's not the case at all. I love the hobby because I love the hobby. Period. Um, it's what I've been doing for thirty-five plus years. Um, it's just what I love to do, and that's it, it to is kind tough of to
2: be an entrepreneur. Sometimes though, dude, because yeah. yes. you know, I've I've never worked for anybody ever. You know, I've always done it for own you, thing. and I'm in, and you know, lucky. Uh, you know, very fortunate. Good good breaks along the way. Um, but at, at the end of the day, remember that a lot of people they just they don't understand. You know, like to me, I have a massive amount of personal freedom. That allows right. me to do this. You know, we wouldn't be able to do what we do, Tony, if I was, you know, 15 years ago in my in my life. But now, right. if i it, So it's it's not only money, but you know, maybe complexity reduction, uh, maybe the benefit of the camaraderie amongst us. You know, so these are things that we should think about too, and not and not just say, well, it kind of sucks because we've been doing all this and the numbers are low we're not making any money. Well, I don't I'm think about
4: numbers, but I've I've been very clear with Sam when we first started doing this. We were both kind of um, discouraged by our viewership sometimes. Sure. Why is it not happening? And then eventually got to the point where I was like, I don't care.
3: Like yeah, I, I, I,
4: you because- I put out the content that we put out because you know we want to share our knowledge. We want to share our finds. We want to share our experiences. And if somebody out there goes, hey, I really enjoyed that, or I was able to go out and get that card that I want, and that Chase was so much fun getting exactly. it uh, because of something you guys said that got me, to, whatever the case may be.
2: Just just like our thing enjoy. we know people are digging it you know so regardless if we have a good month or a bad month yeah. you know I I just know in general that people look forward to it they appreciate it mm-hmm. and that's enough for me man I have a great time doing it and you know be nice if if we can crack something that puts a few bucks in our pocket or, or maybe pays for our trip to Chicago or whatever it is but at the end of the day and I'm sure it's the case with you guys as well um you know people watch this stuff people listen to this stuff people
4: that's why I, I think my favorite part of my favorite part of last year. Uh, despite all the chases that we were doing and recordings and having fun and laughing. and like so I think my favorite part of the year was was dinner Thursday night after the national when we were guest speaking and then having that dinner and just hanging out was just, that was the was most time. fun I, I had. It was, in, in it was
2: just, a, it was just a great time. Sure. It was great. And these just are just hanging out. nice, you know, not mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, again, not meaning to say that it wouldn't be nice to make a few bucks along the way, but that can't be the motivator. I don't think.
3: I can totally relate to that views thing, Tony. Um, like 10 years ago, I was part of a weight loss company. I lost 150 pounds. I was the poster boy for it. And I used to put out a ton of content of motivational speaking and stuff. And I put it out and I'd look at it three months later and there was like six views. And I was thinking, I pour my heart out. I worked my ass off to do that. And, and, uh, it, nobody watched it. So Zan, you're the one that I first discovered in this. Um, and I started watching your stuff and you started talking about creating more content. So after gaining the weight back, I'm a little emotional sometimes. So um, I gained my, gained my weight back and I'm sitting here and I've been doing just openings where you can just see my hands because mm-hmm. I didn't want to put my whole face on. This is my first time mm-hmm. <laughs> on a well, podcast. Thanks for coming on a on and and willing to do that for years now. COVID let, let me, COVID let me stay in my cave and build my cave <laughs> and, and be alone. But, I started to create content and I know that I have a voice and I know I have a personality and that you guys have motivated me to awesome. get back thanks. here. So, well, Excellent. and and that's not gonna, just an ass. That's the truth. Right. Well, <laughs> thanks
1: for saying that. And thanks for, you know, if you're, if this is the first time you've been on camera in a while, thanks for yeah. willing to do it on our show, especially for episode 100 and circling back to kind of close this one out before we move on to Chuckster, what Paul said at the beginning, like we didn't have this a couple of years ago. And I think that that really is a reason for me to continue going as long as I can, because if this is going to just, if what we do continues to just grow a community of collectors, no matter what that is, I think that's worth it right there. And and like mm-hmm. I said, I enjoy doing all the mundane stuff that a lot of people don't like doing, like editing and, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all right. Uh, Chuckster, you're up. What do you got?
5: Hey, guys. First of all, nice to meet you, Pat, and nice to meet you, Ryan. Both I follow you both on Twitter. It's the first time I got a chance to actually meet you guys, so welcome aboard. Nice um, to meet you, too, man. Likewise, um, legendary
4: Chuckster, folks.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Zan and Tony, I want to say first of all, congratulations on the hundredth and hundredth episode of your show. Not hundredth anniversary.
4: 100th <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> um, pretty good for a hundredth anniversary.
5: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Fantastic job with it. And what I really like most about your guys' show, and the two of you are just on together, is you kind of do a little point counterpoint thing where Zan, you'll come up with an opinion. Uh, Tony, yours would be completely opposite. And you kind of had to talk it out and give different viewpoints. And I think that's what's needed because so many people are focused on their one thing. And I know I'm guilty of that too. It's like, this is my lane. This is what it should all be. But I know it's not. And you guys, give me food for thought and uh oh i never thought of it that way and that's a pretty cool thing to have um i like the content you put out um i'm proud that you've been able to and honored that you've asked me to appear on several episodes um i've made some really good friends within this hobby as most of you know Paul and i are set collectors have been for many many years i've been in this business of wrestling card collecting since the mid 80s so i'm um, I've got quite a room full of, full of trading cards. Um, But I'm still learning every day. I find something new and something unique that I didn't know about. I thought, you know, Oh, I got all these. I know all there is to know about that. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Every day I find something new and something interesting to get me motivated again. I might be getting bored for a while and then something will pop up and it's like, Oh, wow, this is so cool. I want to get into this. And, listening to shows like yours in the card foundation and a few of the others that I listen to, you guys are just, you just bring out so much in the community and, and so many ideas that people who are in one lane, never even think about what's going on in the other lane. Yep. Um, I was just uh, talking with Tony the other day. I, I, I do an inventory about every six months of my collection. And what did I tell you, Tony, I'm like 375 card sets deep within Jeez. my collection i mean that's you know most of them are complete sets but most of them are complete sets and surprisingly the most i have other than the wwe is the indie stuff i mean indie stuff has taken off and uh your show not only focuses on the top things you guys have also focused on the indie and i like that too because a lot of people still new to that this show's giving uh Giving a little bit of platform to that, so people can learn about those too. Um, it's this just this is this is my hobby, and like and unlike with some of you, I'm not really in it to make money. I don't want to sell my stuff. I've got it; it's mine. I, I worked hard to collect it, and I, I want to hang on to it. Now I'll get rid of spares or extras or whatever. But I don't want to have a collection of something that's so rare. And I see something else I want. I don't want to sell that real rare one just to buy something else. I've got mm-hmm. that. I'll never see it again. I'm not going to let go of it, you know, and, and, you know, people ask questions about it. I have it in front of me to flip through it and look at it and say, Oh, here's what's going on with this. Here's what's going on with that. And while we were talking the other day, everybody's been talking about, you know, obviously Hogan Flair and Andre is going to be the big guys in the hobby all along the way. Um, Roman seems to be the new big guy in the in the collecting industry, but nobody really ever focuses on the '80s stars who were really popular when I first started collecting. I mean, why why isn't uh, Randy Savage or Bret Hart or the British Bulldog getting the kind of love in the hobby right now that mm-hmm. all these other guys are? I mean, what, I mean, people still collect them, but you just don't see the '80s stars getting near near the love in our hobby as, as they have in the past. So that's kind of something uh, I kind of like to hear some uh,
3: views on. What do you guys? I have have a thought on that right away. Like go ahead. um, the guys that you mentioned are no longer with us. So you can't, the chase cards. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm an autograph. I don't even know what kind of collector I am still. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure it out. I've got a couple of different things. That's what I've learned from you guys. I'm trying to get my lane down because there's way too much stuff being put out right now. Oh, yeah. But I think the eighties guys, a lot of them are on the, a lot of them are on the circuit. Like if they're alive, they're on the circuit autographing everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, they're they're not here and they're never going to have an autograph in a set. So I maybe like, I, I like chasing autographs. So to me, I I, I would, sh- I get a little less Brett and stuff or not Brett, Brett's alive, but um, uh, macho and, and stuff like that. I buy less macho because I can't get a macho man autograph. Would I love to get one of those cut ones that are out there? Absolutely. But I'd have to give my left kidney for that probably. So, like so that's my the thought left, one. Yeah, specifically
0: that's- the left one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that is a fair point. But I, I also think that just because the market is so new, that it is going to be Hogan, Andre, Flair for a minute. Like I sell cards in my Facebook group. And every once in a while, you'll see that. Uh, Jimmy Snuka collector who wants to make sure he has every Jimmy Snuka card possible. So I'm digging through stuff to see if I can find Jimmy Snuka's for him. But the point about the autographs is very true too. We've been doing the legends of Hamburg wrestling convention for like three years now. And first year, it was all people just standing in line waiting for their eight by 10. Now half the crowd has wrestling cards in their hands or there's wrestling cards on their tables and they're getting them signed. Now, I've got a few signed Barry Horowitz 84 or 88s or 87s or whatever it was. I can't sell them for more than five dollars, but they're still pretty cool, right? Like an autographed Barry Horowitz, it's, it's awesome. And you can get that now. You can go out there because these guys are all on the scene. I think that's helping the market.
1: Yeah, especially on the low-end stuff. Like, I mean, yeah. if you can go out and buy, you know, a card for under five bucks on eBay or at a flea mm-hmm. market or whatever because you know you're going to a convention, like not only like It not only is it fun, it's easier to store with it being a card. And honestly, there's more not that this is what this is about, but there's more of a store of value in an autographed trading card than an eight by 10. Because like I'll be on eBay looking for something, right? Whether let's just take carrying cross, I'll be looking for cross cards and I'll find an out of 99, which isn't that rare, but an out of 99, like non autographed card will sell more than an autographed eight by 10. So right. it's something about wrestling cards that it just it just continues yeah. to you know hold that value. Uh, when you no, know, keep... hopefully, hopefully, I just I want to touch on this real quick. Yeah, hopefully, the
0: autographed card market starts to come up a little bit because since I do the conventions, I see these certain things. Like we had um, Dexter Loomis; he had you know that quick break, so we had him at our convention. I can buy any of his autographed cards for fifteen. 20 bucks whatever if i wanted it that day it was 30 bucks and i had to supply the card. you know what i mean mm-hmm. yep. so these people are spending way more on the card than they end up selling it for down the line which is really weird and like you'll get a top autograph of a star that you cannot get on a convention and they're going for seven dollars yeah that that's something we need to figure out how to bump that up to put more value on the autograph
5: and I think the reason a lot of the autograph cards are going more than the 8 by 10s is because the autograph cards are actually authenticated from the company. I, yes. a mo- I have a ton of 8 by 10 autographs, but I've got big.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: shows or whatever. A lot of times they're personalized with the person's name in the corner too, so-and-so. Yeah. From- yeah. And even though you have their autograph and you, you know it's their autograph, if you try to sell it, number one, who's going to want something to Chuck? You know, unless your neighbor's Chuck. And right. They just <laughs> I'm a Chuck Super Collector, so yeah. awesome. <laughs> and if, they don't, um, if they don't put to somebody on there, you know it's their autograph, but you have nothing to authenticate it unless you mm-hmm. actually have a picture of them signing it. And, you know, that it's really hard. So I think that's why your card autographs are really overtaking your 8 by
2: 10 autographs. Mm-hmm. Now, Chuck, your your to your talk, your point about uh, 80s wrestling and, and why we don't see maybe more of those guys, I, I heard something very interesting this weekend. And I when I heard it, I'm like, no, nah, that can't be the case. But then I thought, yeah, it probably was. And that's that the Junkyard Dog. Um, we know that he never won the top title, but in his entire run with WWF, he was never even given a title shot. And I thought, well, how can that be? How can how can that be that he never even got a title shot, you know? And then you think, well, wait a minute, that's because Hogan had such a run and was so dominant that guys like Steamboat, guys like Junkyard Dog, mm-hmm. um, you know, they they were just a, a, a level below. And unfortunately, the 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 way the business was going then, it just didn't give them the opportunities to become champions themselves. And and that could be a factor, maybe not. But that just came into my head now when you mentioned why is it some of those. Yeah. Contemporary oh, a, Hogan, the guys on that Saturday morning cartoon, all the right. faces from that, you know, we all know who they are, um, but they're probably in the secondary tier of, of of guys signings. Now, when you get into the Attitude Era, uh, it's spread over more guys. You know, you've got Taker, you've got Austin, you've got Rock, you've got Foley, yeah. you've got Triple H, you know, there's not one. But in that Hogan Era, say from 85 through to probably the Saturday Night, Saturday Night Main Event where Andre beat him and gave the title to DiBiase, it was Hogan, Hogan, and just Hogan, you know what I mean? So it was hard for those guys, you know? And of course, we see them at signings today, and we're talking about autographs, but that could be part of the reason why the, the general populace don't hold him in that same high regard. Yeah, so I can't say for sure, but that could be a reason why that some of these contemporaries of Hogan just don't see the same love as as uh, as he might have.
0: Also- right, and now that you mentioned that, from, from January of 1983 until January of 1992, there was no... Real time frame of a heel champion. It was all oh, babyface that much. entire run. They don't count Andre. They don't count Ted. Randy Savage was a heel for like forty-five seconds, just for slaughter that. it was match. overnight, yeah. And then it was slot. yeah. Yeah, and and yeah you're right. All those babyfaces were kind of held to the mid card for yeah, all those years. Chris, ah, go ahead. Go
5: ahead. I a, still had a lot of following. I mean, I was a Randy Savage fan for way Girl. back like Savage and Brett both come from uh, like legacy families. You got the Bret Hart family. I mean, that goes way back. You have uh, Savage was a Poffo family. I mean, they come from, from group wrestling families. And I would just think they would get a lot more love because just because of their legacy in the business. You now, I just, I don't know. I mean, you got some good collectors out there and I know Ryan's a big uh, macho man collector and, um, and, and, but I'd, I've never heard anybody collecting Davy Boy. I've never. I mean, right. I see. Well, you're talking
4: about you know Ryan from uh, Slim Jim Madness guy. Uh, you know he also collects beefcake, so yeah, <laughs> he's a big beefcake collector and like that too. So, uh, go ahead. Uh, I got a yeah, touch bubble. We'll save it for
2: later. It's not Slim Jim Madness
1: anymore. Don't forget. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, go ahead. You're kept trying to say something.
3: I was just trying to say you got guys in the industry like Chris Bay and Impact Wrestling who's never watched a Bret Hart match. So right. that's part of it, too. I mean, really, we got to be realistic now. I, I sometimes have a hard time realizing I'm 51 years old, especially being surrounded by toys all the time. <laughs> like, I, I have no, it doesn't make any sense. My brain still doesn't compute that night that, that was over 30 years ago. Like yeah. so, it's crazy. So I think if a guy like Chris Bay, who's you know one of the tops in in, in wrestling right now, in my opinion, has never watched a Bret Hart match, right. how many other people don't know who Bret Hart is or who Macho yeah. Man even is? Even though we do, obviously, but they don't. So that's what this content. I think one of the good things that we could be focused on is with this old guys is doing old guy stuff to get the young sure. people to learn about the about the history. So.
4: We've talked about doing something like that before in the past. We had, um, you know, good old Chef Carl, you know, who passed away. He, his his goal is that he wanted to do a segment on the WTC channel where he wanted to talk about take trading cards and then um, talk about the history of that particular superstar, and and using trading cards as a focal point to try to educate people about wrestlers in the past. And I hope someone does that sometime. Down the road, it's a very interesting way to teach newer collectors, newer fans, people who are into only the modern product about the history of of wrestling and some Mm -hmm. of the talent out there by using trading cards.
1: Uh, My two cents on this whole whole topic is it parallels very closely with sports cards and the fact that it's always about the, the rookies, the new releases, the, you know, whatever the latest stuff is. Because when you go back and you look at what it, what are people collecting from, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years ago, you've got Mantle, and you've got Michael Jordan, and you got guys like Gretzky, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Bill Russell, the, you know, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, but you don't, there, there's a whole, you know, decade or two or three of Hall of Famers in there, and you don't hear people talking about them, you don't see their autographs going for a lot of money, I honestly think that I think wrestling has an upper hand on that because I think wrestling fans will go back and watch stuff from the eighties. You know, we'll throw Mm -hmm. on a wrestle WrestleMania five and we'll love it for everything it is. And it was, And I don't see that a lot with sports, so that's why I think it's fun for wrestling that you get, you know, the Brutus Beefcake super collectors or the somebody going after Junkyard Dog or Snooka, like you said earlier, Ryan, trying to get all of them. I think that's a leg up that wrestling cards have over sports cards and the fact that people, it is a sport, you know, whatever, but uh, they, they latch onto these characters and we do see that in sports cards, but to just kind of answer your question chuck it, it parallels the same thing sports cards do because you see the you know i you know the the 82 83 all stars is always going to be like the 52 mantle the 86 jordan we talk about that at nauseum but all these other things like the 88 wonderama like there's a lot of really good key cards in there especially the stain stuff nobody talks mm-hmm. about them but the, you know they'll go out and buy uh you know Seth Rollins transcendent or you know, maybe they buy another Sting card, but it's like a newer release because it's a shiny card as opposed to just a standard cardboard card. Again, all of that is reflective in sports cards. So that's just my two cents. Well,
4: we, we talk, this goes right into the, talking about lanes though. Okay, uh, several people here already talked about lanes. Um, we talk about like how you have to be in a specific lane. That's not true. You can be in any lane you want. You can be in multiple lanes if you want. You I'm can
1: in be, Prime lanes. example. I mean, I'm, I'm you, in multiple
2: lanes for sure, yeah. yep.
4: You you could you just stagger across like a drunken idiot. I don't care. Uh it, it's just it's okay to and you could even be on the on one highway and say, you know what, this highway sucks. I'm going to a different highway now. I mean, that's what's so great about our hobby and any hobby. It, you don't have to be like, well, I'm just a carrying cross guy. I guess that's who all I am for my whole life. Right, no, right. You could be whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, as long as you're having fun and 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 being happy about it. So I just well, want to sh- be clear about lanes. So we all talk about like, oh, I know my lane. This is my lane. Okay, well, that's your lane, but it's okay to be in other lanes too. You can go off uh, and it's just not kind your of primary focus, focus, but you can oh, I
0: swerve all over the place, man.
4: That's well,
0: why I stay oh, off the same oh, road oh, you're I, on. I, I, you You <laughs> should.
5: You should. <laughs> Paul and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about being uh, super collectors of a particular individual. And he and i got to talking well we we collect we're set collectors so basically we super collect everybody everybody (laughs) yeah it's it's just a different way to do it we
2: do indie we do panini we do vintage Mm -hmm. you know i've got all-stars i got wcw i've got tops like you name it and 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 it's you know I, i like wrestling i like cards and i'm you know i'm not particular to one era i'm not particular to one type love it all collect it all so that puts me in multiple lanes plus i'm involved Sort of in the back scene of, of the hobby as well, you know, yep. doing stuff. So it's okay to, uh, to sort of, uh, straddle, if you will, you know, yeah, like I, cover, I, just, I, want, I want
4: listeners, viewers that, you know, just to yeah. understand that, you know, you don't have to pick no something rule. and that's thing to focus on. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to just like, you know, you got in this hobby because. You were a honky tonk man fan. and That's what you want to collect. But that honky tonk fandom might just, uh, you know, what you know, what I like that rhythm and blues era too. Someone gets some mm-hmm. great Valentine stuff now. I mean, it could it could expand all different ways because we we have a hobby that is so about nostalgia and so about you know time frames of of things when we were kids or you know teenagers, whatever, and remembering uh, these matches and we can still have fun with it. And there's a lot of different ways. There's so many great creative ways to collect mm-hmm. cards. So many great ways.
2: I remember on one of your episodes in particular, you know, given that this is a 100 celebration, one of them was when you were, uh, let's talk about the cards of one particular wrestler. And I think the first guy you did was Brutus Beefcake.
1: It was. Yep. yep and I remember yep. thinking
2: to myself, Beefcake, of all the people that they could think of, this is even come up with. And uh, you did your show and, like, all right, guys, nice. Now, uh, if I ever find a Brutus Beefcake uh, collector in the world, I'll let you know. Well, <laughs> Uh, there go. That, we go. We found out international. I know yeah. another one now. So yeah, I don't discount that there are people that collect everybody. You know, mm-hmm. we know that there's a guy in our hobby mm-hmm. that collects Norman
1: Smiley. You know, yep. so yep. Cool. Any, anything's possible. Yep. Shout out Mike Summer from Mike Summer. the Wax Facts Sports Card Minute Podcast. And those are, and are
4: things that we've done on these episodes in the past. Is like uh, oftentimes what happens, you know, for a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff, what's ha- happening is uh I'll just randomly text in like I have this idea. <laughs> And I just, I sent him a bullet point of different ideas. He goes, I'm adding that to the show notes. <laughs> that's, yep. a, that's, a, that's a topic. I just sent him text after text, after text over times. Sometimes I sent him like four or five different show topic ideas. To, to me, I'm like, what, what do you think about this? Maybe we talk about that. Like it, add it to the show notes. And that's kind of where we just developed. And that's where we did with the beefcake thing was like, we just focus on a superstar. So like that, I just randomly selected Brutus beefcake. And who knew it'd become a segment that people like called, this is your card. I love
0: that segment. That's how I knew what Vince McMahon card to go find. You know?
1: <laughs> uh, Chuck started to circle back around to something else you said before we kicked off this segment. You were talking about our point and counterpoint, and and what we do kind of on the show with that. And Tony just touched on it, and that's something that when we started creating content, I wanted to do. And I'll start. I'll tie this back together with me talking about the parallels between sports cards and wrestling cards. Is I was listening to all, and I still do listen to a lot of. Sports card podcasts and listen to how their markets are doing, what cards are selling, what's not, what's popular, what's not. And I wanted to take that and bring it to wrestling because I think for the longest time, and maybe I'm overstepping my boundaries here, but I think a lot of wrestling card collectors I knew were just kind of like what Tony said. They're like, "This is what I'm doing. This is what I've always done. This is the only way I'm going to think about anything." And Tony, I don't know about you, but I wanted to bring different perspectives. Not to say I'm the expert, I know everything, but have you thought about this? what if it was this, you know, diff- just different ways to think about things. And You're you can more about uh, that
4: than I ever have been. You're way more about that than I am. I just kind of, I just throw out my two cents about things about, you know, as someone being in this hobby for as long as I've been in it and just kind of, whether it agrees with you or disagrees with you, mm-hmm. it's just a, another perspective just like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that way that you think, I think a whole different way of just like, well, here's what I know and here's what I'm putting out. And
1: you think the other way. So. <laughs> well, and I know this sports car content that I listen to has helped me so much in taking that information and putting it towards wrestling cards. And it's, it's worked 100 percent of the time. So I was like, if we can do that for the wrestling card segment that nobody is doing that for and not telling people what to do or what to think, but just putting perspective out there. Then, I, you know, and again, going back to what Paul said at the beginning, I don't you know, if we weren't doing this, if we weren't doing the point and counterpoint, maybe we would not have grown as many collectors as we have. So I just wanted to get that out there
2: and doing it in an an entertaining fashion, you know, which 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 you guys do. You make it fun. I never feel like I'm being spoken down to. I never feel like uh, I have to sit down and, and 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 take notes because I'm being educated. You know, I I like the way you present your stuff, and I think a lot of the people in the hobby do. You know, it's 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 uh, very disarming and uh, it's very comfortable. You know, like because because you guys are audio only. I find I, I normally download and then listen when I'm driving around from house to house or whatever. Yep. And uh, you know, it's great if I'm not listening to my, my my prog metal, I'm listening to you guys. You know, so. Um, you know,
1: Well, and may I, I may, I also, may I also say that me and Tony, you know, uh, I I don't know, Paul or Chuckster, which one of you said it, but you said that we'll have different opinions and we'll disagree. Guess what? Everybody that disagrees has an open platform to come on this show and <laughs> file their grievances in the open. Me and Tony disagree on stuff all the time and we just talk about it and we learn other each other's perspective. And in the months of that conversation, like I said, hopefully it's helping others. All of you guys have seen all the nonsense on social media that happened in 2022. Yeah, but you know,
2: Tony 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 sends you a text, "Hey, let's do an episode on hoarding." And then you do your <laughs> thing and then, and, then, and then the next thing, you know. But the point is is that it's informational and um, you know, the, the, the controversy is good sometimes, you know, to present both sides and to have, you know, two guys that don't agree on something. But just understand right. that you know, we're all, allowed, we're all entitled to our opinions, but we're not entitled mm-hmm. to our own facts. And it's that crossing the line that gets my back up sometimes where people say, this is how it's got to be in this hobby, because no, no, it doesn't have to be any which way in this hobby, because we're mm-hmm. wrestling, and we've always been no our rules. thing. Correct. You know. No, okay. We're we're a sports card, so yeah, we're gonna play to the rookie rules of the sports card world. But if we're a non sports card uh, product, then we that rule doesn't apply, and that's a good thing about what you guys do. And I'll say the same thing about card foundation guys. And their hundred episodes, entertaining. You know, uh, Papa Bear in particular. You know, he's wow, the kind of guy yeah. you, <laughs> you, want, you want to listen to because he's just a ham. You know what I mean? Um, Tony and I are a little more serious on our monthly because we're just banging through numbers and trying to get it done. But you guys a lot of time have a laugh. Um then you did those after hours ones and, and God. Uh, we need to step. do some more of those. But but yeah, but those are yeah, fun. But, you know what you the know problem I mean? is it's always folks
4: around my crazy antics. And I don't know why we do
2: that. <laughs> you're <wild. laughs> You're ahead, man. What could I say? Thanks.
1: All right. Uh, Pat, you're next with whatever you want to bring to the table.
3: You know, this all of these topics kind of all tie into mine because right. finding finding the lane for me is the lane that is the size of my wallet. Because I like to collect sets because I'm I was a set collector with my dad with hockey cards and I collected basketball and football and then I got into wrestling. I can't afford to collect sets anymore. And so finding a lane is is the way to do it. Cause what I'm looking at now is Panini's got five sets and I know they got more stuff coming out now. My 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 whole thing is it's just way too expensive now. It's you you have to find to to turn your focus down to something because I just can't afford it. I spent more money than I don't I I don't even want to look at how much money I spent on eBay last year and then on top of it I saw I ripped some packs and and I got into that because I love ripping packs in the 80s you could rip wax for nothing it was but now ripping wax and you open a box of AEW spectrum and you get seven cards or you open up impeccable and you get eight or the nine cards it's kind of crazy so I've Stopped with sets too. Prism is like the Prism and Select are the last ones I'm trying to complete. And then once you're getting to everything else, is that so? My that's my topic. I think it's is Panini making it too expensive. For the average person to collect at this point in time, with the price of products that come out, I want
1: to automatically yeah. just. Answer, wrote, I is, want to yes. throw this to Paul and Chuckster because we've talked to these. You know, they have been set collectors. Well,
2: first, first off, Tony and I are going to be doing an interview soon with um, with Lucas from Panini, and we're going to be talking about some of these things. We're going to talk be talking specifically about um, the inability to, to collect certain sets. And 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 Pat, uh, I'm with you 100. percent. You know, I've I've done all of them, and um, within reach of of finishing impeccable and i have to throw in the towel like i mean it's just i there's there's no goddamn way i want to see what i spent on panini product last year like it 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 could be five figures like seriously like i bang i i spent way too much money on this stuff last year and i said well because i have this collection and i'm involved in the hobby and i should get this stuff but then i realized you know like what am i doing like i'm way upside down on select i'm probably going to be quite upside down on impeccable there's no one that's going to come knocking on my door and saying hey you got an impeccable base set for sale because it's not something that anyone ever thinks you know chronicles is simply not happening the galas are just way too expensive you're going to spend four or five grand just for that last year uh and who knows what kind of horseshit they got planned for immaculate so it, it's going to be it, 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 it it's very true it, it, it's very true and it's frustrating for me because i've done this throughout and i tried to resist and i you know I'm not a poor guy, but I'm not made of money either. You know, I just can't afford to to be spending this kind of money and then drop dead one day and leave yeah. Susan with this nightmare of stuff that she doesn't, you <laughs> know, and this is, you know. Um, but yeah, very, very, very true. And I look forward to this, this, this talk with, with the Panini guy to say, hey, dude, what are you doing?
4: <laughs> Looking forward to that one too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For me on the
5: panini, I agree with you. I'm I'm kind of tapped out now. I'm I'm just gonna kind of pick and choose now what I purchased. Mm-hmm. Uh, When it comes to Chronicles, there's a couple little subsets in there I'm interested in. I'm just going to go after those. Like you, Paul, I just can't afford it. And I can even afford it less now because when I was in the heyday of my collecting, I was still working. I'm retired now. I'm on a fixed income. I got one monthly check that come in. I have to take care of the adult stuff. Mm -hmm. What's left? Then I can spend on my hobby. And this hobby sucks. And my... (laughs) My escape is from real life. I mean, I, when when things get a little rough, if I get into my, cl- my card collection and start tinkering with it a little bit, it kind of clears my mind and it, I, I can forget about life for a little while. But now uh, the little income I have is my life. <laughs> so I can't throw as much to the collecting as I used to, which is sad, but I can still see what's out there. And I'm still helping with WTC and I'm still helping with the Wrestling Price Guide. Thank God. To- have an idea of what's out there and what things look like and get the checklist together. So I can still stay in the hobby. For me, I'm more gearing towards the indie stuff now because the indie stuff that comes out or the custom sets that come out are packaged together as one set. It, you buy it, you're one and done. You have the set. Yeah. So it kind of it gets me back into the set collecting lane again. And, like I was just telling Paul before we started this show, uh, the new AEW Spectrum that came out this past year, I really like it. I really wanted some, wanted it, but I couldn't afford it. So I have 18 cards from that set that I like. Right. I'm going to buy those 18. At least mm. I have some Spectrum in the yeah, collection. Some of it. I'm not going after the other. I think it's a 90 card base. I'm not going after the rest. I'm getting those 18. I'm stopping and I'm moving on. And I, that's the way I got to do it because
2: fund wise, it's just, you know, and the way the economy is, yeah. just can't afford My <laughs> wife and I, Susan, we often, we often joke about like, if 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 our houses don't pan out, that's okay. One day, you know, when I'm really old and gray, then I'll just sell a card or two or three a week, you know, to, to get by, you know, I'll just pull this one, pull this one, pull this one. That's how we'll get by. And she like she says to me, yeah, bullshit. You'll still be buying them and probably paying like 50 <laughs> grand to right. at that point. <laughs> She's not dumb. Yeah. Not
4: I, I got out of that whole set collecting business. I was a master set collector, too, as you guys uh, sure. you know, Paul and Chuck know, um, you know, I, I tapped out in 06, 07, uh, just when it, it was even expensive for me to keep up uh, even back then and making really good money at that time that I could afford to do all that stuff. It just made no sense to me whatsoever. Like I just didn't i didn't care for parallels and yet well, here i am the exact now. time heritage yeah. came out next
2: factor yes. all that shit hit at that so, point but, but here
4: i am now now that's all i collect now <laughs> are parallels because i'm just yeah. a dexter loomis guy and i just collect the parallels what i can get um but i, I tapped out a long time ago and i i had master sets all the fleer stuff that came out i had everything i'm i, I had the hurricane mask i had the Farouk knee brace i had all that stuff um and then it's just i, I can't keep up anymore so i i I sympathize with you guys. I understand how it is, you know, trying to be a set collector in today's oh. day and age. You just can't afford it. And I don't, and products aren't designed with that mentality. Right. Uh, well, they're not designed it with for that.
2: me right now at Chronicles. We're at that stage. Like, yeah. my jumping yeah. off point is
3: today. Like, <laughs> now. like the yeah. decision has been made that, okay, Panini, you win. <laughs> Yeah. top sets were affordable though even up to to, mm-hmm. to the very end when panini right over. this is the explosion and, and this is the change because anybody that is a set collector you can, yeah it's impossible i, I
4: can't but i kind of disagree mm-hmm. with that i do i think it, yeah. it, it, the prices were already going up they were already getting expensive they, but and they yeah, were, they were more affordable to collect a base set, exactly, a that's base a, set. Yeah. but that's yeah. not what i was and mm-hmm. that's not what i was a master set collector
3: yeah and i'm i was a base <laughs> set guy so <laughs> for me natural. as i'm saying a base set but a base set now in Chronicles, what is the base set since there's Correct. 20 different sets in, in one?
4: Yeah,
0: so, yeah, like 500-something cards 500, or something in a base yeah, exactly.
4: that's It's a 500-card base set. Exactly, it's, right. just, it's, basically, 500 um, it, it's it's a best-of series, basically, for Panini with all their, their properties mm-hmm. they have and things that won't sell on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, put it all together. So, but they didn't need um, to do
2: that. They didn't need to number them to five hundred. They, did, they, really could they have didn't. have done all these like insert sets. They could have been here's a sixty card insert set. Here's and they could have done them all that way. They they done, exactly. That. The, the the numbering them been, one to five hundred, collectors. You're out of business.
0: Yeah, yeah and yeah, I've mean, I got a part, few of the sets. The last couple of years of tops, I have a bunch of those base sets together. As soon as I saw the Prism checklist, I was like, "Well, I'm out." Let's see. We got we got the Cameron Grimes card. I'll be getting that. The Wesley, I'll be getting
2: that. But yeah, but you know what? Right, Prism and the Revolution was easy compared to yeah, so like, as, oh, yeah. Because like, yeah. the and more technical. they came out, I'm just you like, know, "Oh my god!" You know, the you just finished one, you finish the 400, really and might. you're realizing that that one that one was the easy one. Like I'm doing yeah, a yeah. now. That's exactly like, you, know, you, you never yeah. get on the other side of this thing and it's going to get worse this year for sure guys because Panini's yeah. going to crank it crank it crank it crank it crank it because who knows what's happening with the license tony and i chat about this often it's an uncertain future so mm-hmm. you know these guys are in the business of printing cards and if they leave their warehouse and they get paid for that's all that panini cares about so they're going to make yeah. it. That's All
4: any manufacturer ever cared for i've been trying right. for over 25 years to get these companies to work with wtc in some manner uh you know even having this crazy idea that's you know oh my connections with Fleer and my connection with tops back in the day they'll, they'll, they'll print a WTC one promo card for me should they would no they have no they'll probably be on the list so at least I know what checklists are coming out what products are coming out you know
2: like like all the other big boys
4: nope they didn't care all they care about is once it leaves their warehouse like you said Paul it's a mm. sell out to them
2: and they have they, yeah, they has has no considerations of the secondary market whatsoever you know they don't get their hands messy with what the stuff trades for no. after the fact. That's, and that's all that's always going to
4: happen and change now that fanatics is part of the deal. It's a whole different discussion right. we can have, but that's supposed no. to be what this whole thing about fanatics is going to be about more from, you know, uh, uh, straight from distributor or straight from manufacturer to c- consumer's hands now kind of thing. So it, it's 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 a weird world we're gonna, we're living in. And I think that, uh, you know, 2022 being what it was, I think 2023 might just step back and say, hold my beer.
2: Well, that, that's the thing. The fundamentals aren't going to go away. You know, people Not are going me. to try and make money in the most efficient way possible, and that's all we're talking yeah. about here. From a macro level, we're just looking about how cards have changed, and you know, this is this is just a phenomena that's uh, indicative of where this hobby is gone. And you know, it's it's happened in, in the other sports, so it's 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 just our turn now. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's a little frustrating, but it's it's also you know we've talked about this many times, growing pains, and sort of riding with the punches, and then you know you pivot, you realize okay, uh, I can't do all five hundred cards, but maybe I can do mm. four hundred, or maybe I can do like Ryan, you were saying a few select ones, you know, mm. th- that's the way to, to to look at it. You know, Chuck is picking and choosing what he's going to get out of the spectrum because none of us are going to go yeah. down 100 cards. Absolutely know. not. And you can't do it when the Britain stuff is 30 bucks still. And that's what I'm dealing with, with with Panini now. I'm down or with not Panini, with Impeccable. I'm down to the last 15 and those are all 20, $25 cards, you know, and I'm just trying to sneak the odd one through for a few bucks less to get mm. one, you know, um, not fun you know right almost think, right well shit i wish i wouldn't have started because now i'm in it now i've got it you know what i mean and once you make that first commitment to go so i at the outset i said there's no way i'm buying these gallets. i'm just not doing it i'm not going to spend 500 on a base card of nobody <laughs> <You
4: know? laughs> but that's why it's okay to change lanes like you said lanes are <laughs> Meant to be changed, I guess. And that's kind of why I just focused on being yeah, a player are, collector the rules, for the, the first rules time are my life. Hard
2: and fast. You know what I mean? And that's no. the great thing about this hobby yeah. is that, uh, you know, I get my backup when people tell me what to do. That's why I can't. <laughs> yeah, control. yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just the way I am, you know, especially when someone's dumber than I am and he's giving me instruction. I'm like, really? You know, that, that's just my personality. <laughs> so, so that's never served me well. That's why, you know, I'm 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 very defensive on, hey, man, you know, uh, you have your thoughts, but don't tell me it's got to be like this. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I want to tip my hat to both of you guys. Like me and Tony have talked numerous times and maybe you guys have seen this where, uh, you know, pick pick whatever it is that we've seen last year or the year before. And you'll see somebody on social media or you'll get a message or something saying, I'm getting out of the hobby. I just can't do this anymore. Yet here you guys are not able to do what you've done forever. And you're still finding ways to participate mm-hmm. in the hobby. Still finding ways to collect I don't necessarily have, I I don't know how that feels because I've always been a player collector. Like even when I was a kid, I was buying Shaquille O'Neal and Dennis Rodman cards and I was just getting as many as I could. I have since I've started going a little bit harder on wrestling cards, I've put together some sets. Like I've got the 82, 83 all-stars and now I'm just upgrading those with the signed copies. Mm -hmm. I'm putting it together another, it's like an eight card set. I'm not going to talk about what it is because I'm still short one card and I don't want anyone to steal it. But um, then the other thing I'm going to do is I'm not the biggest AEW fan. Like I just, the, the style, like I like it, but I'm more of like a story driven. Like I don't care as so much about in-ring, but you know, this isn't a wrestling card po- or this isn't a wrestling podcast. We're here to talk about the cards, but AEW metal universe is I think going to be huge. Yep. And you know, when I saw, I know the history of PMG in sports. And when I got that Hogan, I love it. I know a lot of people hate it. But it's one of my favorite cards in my collection. I know they're going to have, uh, they're higher numbered, but I they're supposedly supposed to have some pink and purple parallels in the AEW. So I'm going to actually be looking for those because I got the Hogan, I've got the Batista, and now I can build mm-hmm. out a color match of the yep. same color PMGs that isn't technically a set, but it's a way to put together something. Uh, Ryan, you, you know, you're talking about buying certain selects. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of people out there that are Making, you know, maybe they like tie dye, so they're putting together their five favorite wrestlers right. on tie dye, or they they do golds, or whatever it is. You know, they can put together uh, the heart the heart foundation in a certain set and match them up with colors. Like, you know, there's so many ways for you to collect and have fun, and that goes back to what Tony said. Again, I'm just tying everyone's conversations together about jumping lanes, and you don't like doing this. Okay, well, just you know, get put that stuff aside or sell it, and put that into what you are now doing. And maybe you can't do that. Maybe you are a set collector and you can't finish it. Well, guess what? Start creating content because like Chuckster said, you know, working on the website, communicating with the, the people within the hobby and the community, making those relationships and just talking about things. It's its a hobby within a hobby that you can always continue doing. So I just wanted to get that out there for anybody else that's frustrated with set collecting or the prices of cards, even if you're just into buying singles. If, you know, your favorite card you want is $1,000 and you don't want to spend that kind of money, Find other ways to just continue to have fun. You don't necessarily have to just quit.
5: Well, you know, on, on that note, Zan, um, one of the big things that uh, Panini's uh, releases have done for me because that because they've kind of been above my pay grade now, it's actually pushed me back into my old top sets because Tops was mm-hmm. released so many sets so quickly that I couldn't finish a set before the next one come out and I was hopping mm-hmm. on. Now, since I can't really afford to spend my money on the Panini stuff, I have some funds to go back and fill the holes in those old top sets because everybody's kind of just kind of brushing them aside now for the shiny new stuff, you know. Mm. And, and, And it's really helped me. I've been able to find a lot more. And it's, oh, my gosh, I finally completed this set or I finally completed that insert because now I can find them because people aren't hopping on them as much as they were. So, so it's kind of, it's kind of made it fun for me again, by not being able to have to afford Perini. I can go back and kind of, you know, fill in those, those blanks in my collection.
1: Yeah, you're finding, finding ways to have fun. That's what, that's what it all boils down to. All right, Ryan, you're up with your topic.
0: Oh, a topic, a topic, a topic. I don't know. Let's talk about how crazy my lanes are. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, got back from the show Saturday, hit my mailbox and got the crazy eBay stack that I tend to get every once in a while. Right. So the nice new selects, the 2.0s with Nikita Lyons. I don't know. My stupid background is messing this up. And then there's a whole bunch of these 85 German Italian Merlins that I picked up that are awesome. Right. I guess. Love those. The new, um, the sensational signatures of like Jordan Devlin. I'm PC and him now Ridge Sonia gender can't hinder gender. You got to have all the <laughs> genders in or your collection, man. And this was probably the favorite. I got the eight, the 94 action pack crush. I right. love this stuff, I man. I love putting this into, um, my collectors, my collectors group and you know, Oh my God, I never saw that before. And then they start going on eBay and they start looking and, the The growth of the hobby this year has been so exciting for me. And I think my spread out lane and then me talking about it in the group helps that grow even more. You know, of course we have the AEW people. They love all the AEW stuff. I like some of it. It's cool. You know, I'll, I'll collect the base set. Cause that's still affordable enough to do. But um, yeah, I, I love talking about them and just getting all the different varieties out there. I've got a bunch of the 86 Monte gum cards, slowly putting that set together just really weird, fun stuff, but more people need to know about it.
2: And it seems like yeah. you're having a good time, man. But you're so, having I'm a good time having with a great it. time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm having a really good it. time with it. Yeah.
0: And I'm trying, as, as Zane says, you know, spend card money. Don't spend house money. Exactly. And if, if you're yourself. only that, that, collecting that, that, what you really goal, want, I think. it's easy.
2: My, my thing is that, you know, if you're having fun, you're finding this new stuff, and you're getting off yeah. on it, and, you know, that's what life is. You know, Just enjoy. Enjoy yeah
0: well and yeah, my, i don't my my for 500 figures anymore but i yeah. got room for ten thousand cards sure right
1: know. and my question is you know since this was you know we we're talking about this being episode 100 creating content uh when you're mentioning whether it's you know who you know 82 hogan or the nikita lions and anything mm-hmm. in between when you're mentioning that stuff in your collector group like what kind of reaction are you getting because i think there is a groundswell of actual collectors out there that are more interested in the cards than anything else. So I'd love to hear kind of what's going on in that group.
0: It bounces all over the place. Um, the group is it's under a thousand people. So it's not, you know, crazy heavy and there's not a whole lot of card collectors in there. But like, if I was to just base from what happens in our group, China is super over and sells like crazy. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. China's a really heavy seller. They, I think most of them are still with the, let's get the new stuff. Okay. Let's get all the new stuff. Because as soon as I throw the new AEW product up, that stuff sells like hotcakes. But then I put up a 87 Dusty Rhodes one to card for $5. And it just sits there. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll keep it. It's no big deal, but you know, and that's an extra. I try to sell the extras off. Sure. Because I'm trying to put that collection together. So are all
1: you right, saying
4: I'll, I'll, I'll take the 87 mafia for five bucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you,
0: you with the next uh, outbreak set. <laughs>
1: are you seeing, um, so is it something with the older talent or newer talent? Because are, are you seeing the, say, select, like are you seeing some of the legends sell well or, or pop, popular with collectors in the newer products? Or is it mainly people that want the newer products with the newer stars? I'm just curious.
0: um It's, it's a mix of both of them for sure. For sure. The bigger legends, the warrior moves quick. Hogan's will move pretty quick, stuff like that. Um, I haven't really messed too, too much with Chronicles in there yet. That has a pretty wide variety of talents in there. I think i probably overall sell more modern, though. More modern. Until I started selling the Impels for 50, 75 cents, and people were jumping all over that.
1: Well, I guess uh, we got to get back to you know talking about old stuff because there's so much good – like. Whether, whether you like the style of wrestling or not, you know, people are going back and buying baseball cards from hundred years ago, people that sure. they've never seen play because they know a story or they know the history. And maybe that's something that I or Tony or Tony and Paul or Chuck's like whoever is going to do content. Like maybe that's something we need to make a conscious effort on is kind of dig deeper into some of these talents and like tell, tell the story to get people interested, whether they're going to, you know, you were talking about crush, whether they're going to go buy that action packed card or mm-hmm. maybe Crush has a prism card next this coming year. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Who knows? So maybe, like, the more we talk about some of these older stars, the more interest that people will. And, you know, if we want to talk about Brutus Beefcake, like, I knew when we recorded that episode, like, this isn't going to hit for a lot of people, and that's okay. But there were people that reached out and they were like, I haven't heard Brutus Beefcake talked about in 20 years. That was an amazing episode. And I'm like, okay, we got to keep, we're on to something. Here. Oh, yeah, so, man. Yeah, man. I was a huge <coughs>
0: Beefcake fan until I met him. Huge Beefcake fan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you hit upon a very important point here, Zan, is that a lot of the content, say, in the last few months, has been focused on modern you know on the WTC mm-hmm. channel we've got a couple of guys that uh, you know are, are very into Panini and they're talking about it over and over again to the point where sometimes we have the same video twice and I'm thinking oh it's kind of a shame that I don't have some of the older guys kicking around so we can talk about uh, some of the vintage stuff some of the you know Merlin would be a, a, a great topic to have because there's so much there you know mm-hmm. I, I just want to make the point that um I'm not going to let it happen that the old stuff falls by the wayside. If if the conversation becomes too loud and too weighted towards new, we're going to be getting content out there and making sure that a lot of these old sets are underrepresented, you know, because we, we can't sweep this stuff under the rug. This stuff is all a part of the legacy of the hobby. And, mm-hmm. you know, whilst I understand that the market you know, is, is gold and shiny and panini and impeccable and, and, and all this shit now. Um, we can't discount any of this stuff. So, again, to your point, Zen, it's very important. Like, we've done a few of these things where we've talked about microballers, we've talked about mm-hmm. the original panini set and the top set. And these are things that I think a lot of collectors, especially guys like Ryan um, that are getting into it want to know about, you know, and of course I'm very active with Anthony finding stuff in India and finding stuff in Mexico and finding stuff all over the place. And this is all stuff I want to make sure gets, gets cataloged, not only cataloged, but spoken about as well. So, you know, to your point about uh, there being more content about the old stuff, I'd like to see that for sure and make sure that that happens.
1: Paul, that's a great point. And maybe like, what do you think about like, do you think telling the story about the wrestler and then relating that back to the cards would be something on a content front? Kind of like Tony was talking about that uh, Chef Carl wanted to do. Do you think that's something that could potentially get more interest in the other cards? Because if so, that's maybe something we could start doing. Absolutely.
4: I think Absolutely. it was, it was when, when, Carl, when when Chef Carl first talked about it, I thought it was a fantastic idea. I ran it by Paul even back then, well over a year ago, yeah. and we uh, just thought it was a great idea. I even reached out to a couple of other people who uh seemed interested in that. They said they wanted to do it, but they never came through. And I and I get it. I mean, it, it this doing creating content is time consuming. It's work. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've been talking with Jamie Stocker from Across the Pond for quite some time and I just talked to him this morning um uh, about hey, you still want to do we did WrestleMania uh for Fleer. Uh do you still want to go through the entire FLIR line and do Keep an episode on, on each release? And he said, "Yes, I still want to do that." It's just a matter of timing and, and trying to get that done, but I'd love to. I mean, I, I, I already do a monthly recap with Paul and that's, if that's the only thing I ever had to do going forward, I'm, I'm cool with that. That's but the only thing. If I had to drop every other podcast, I would, and just figure, focus on the monthly recap. Well, we're talking
2: about what's new and what's gone on in the last month and looking at prices basically is the, is the thrust of that show. Whereas what you're talking about with Jamie Stalker is okay. what you did a few times with Chuck, where you went back yeah. and you looked at the TNA set and you went back and you looked at this set and that set and the, yeah. uh, gladiators the the perusa all that stuff yep. you know um
3: that's I the kind any of that. i want to do more of that. the way,
2: Zen, okay. the way the way the way Carl's idea was of tying it together, it just 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 gives you a script, it just gives you uh, something to follow mm-hmm. in, insofar as the content. But I'm hoping that uh, that somebody picks up the ball on that, because that would be a good segment, a good series of videos, because it'd be more than one. The way you, got, you you and Jamie are talking about doing the flares, is going to be yeah. 15 of those or however many. But uh, talking about some of these other sets, you know, like Ryan was just mentioning the uh, Action Pact, for example.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Um those, those, those kinds of things that we know about them, but there's not been a lot of inks spilt on them, you know, and I can see um, we guys in the hobby, and uh, I consume all the content, like most of you guys, a lot of modern, a lot of modern, a lot of talk about oh, yeah. it. You know? And so it is, you know, and there's no shortage of that stuff. So that's not something any of us have to concern ourselves. There's other guys out there that are going to take care of that and then some for us. But, you know, if, if it's on us to go back and unearth some of these old sets that we should do it mm-hmm. because I don't want any of this stuff to get lost to history. Um, and I, I do think, you know, it might be a smaller segment of our hobby, but I do think people dig this stuff.
1: What's yeah. I, that, I hope so.
0: Yeah. What's I'd what's be interested in at least listening to it. I've been digging up a lot of stuff. I have um, some of the 82, 83 BBM gong like the magazine stuff. clip sure. out cards and there's there's no information on them really besides wtc
2: No, uh, well, god bless delegate he's done a great job on the japanese the same with the course.
0: um i got blank. my hands on a small lot of yeah, 57 right now, parkhurst
2: right yeah. Yeah.
0: gorgeous george oh that is nice yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah but like the 57 I'm parkhurst i don't recognize anybody in the set no but do you aware, some
2: last names you know Pat, are you it's aware that there's a secondary parkhurst set with black backs
3: um, I i don't, you know what? I've got some that have the lucky on the back. I've got the blank backs and then the written backs as well, too. Because they're black there's backs the... or blank. Yeah. Black. Wow. Oh,
0: oh. All the ones I have are like the regular cardboard back, or some of them have a stamp on them that says rare. Yeah, whatever.
2: very, very, very rare. And in fact, you know what's even rarer is the um, the packs. You know, have you ever seen the wrappers for these things? No. You know, I've seen it once. Rob England uh, and I have that conversation that. As much as we're looking out for this stuff, both of us have only seen them at different occasions once. That's how rare they were. And every time I go to Montreal, I'm always sniffing around. Anything to do with Parkhurst to see if there's anything because these old Frenchmen, you know, they 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 have in their addicts a lot of this stuff.
3: That's where I got mine from out of Montreal. I right. from Montreal. Now that you mentioned it, I think place. I got mine from Canada. Yeah. yeah so it
2: came should, out of Quebec. Should Canada, sure. That's yeah, where yeah. most of the Parkhurst stuff sits now. So I, see, I, didn't I didn't even know, know that. Them.
1: You know, the three of you guys just created an episode right there. That's the thing.
2: You know, like it's 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 not like Chuck and Tony and I don't know about this stuff, mm-hmm. but there's a ton of stuff we don't know, <laughs> you know, and that's the reality of it. So um, you know, speaking about the need for content, even the guys that do this every day, you know, um, we 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 still uh have, have a ways to go on it, you know, and especially when you get into foreign um and India and 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 that world. There's just so much stuff um out there. But I don't want the the wide release fundamental stuff from north america to sort of fall by the wayside because um, it's, it's a great product and like chuck mm-hmm. says he can go back now and fill in some of his fleer stuff that he's missing or some of his tops that he's missing you know um because of, because the new stuff is prohibitive well you know that's that's why i want to make sure that everyone knows what's out there and has a complete sort of uh you know you got wtc they'll tell you everything that you need to know we just mm-hmm. want to make sure that it's that's thorough and everything's there you know because even after all these
4: years, we continue to keep learning about even older sets and what's missing. Yep.
2: Awesome.
1: Was somebody else gonna say something? I thought someone was talking. Chuckster. Chuckster. Uh, I said I said I
5: by by going back and uh, and redoing all this old stuff that I've missed, I'm I'm now finding stuff that I actually even forgot existed. I'm opening I'm opening binders. I thought, oh my word, I didn't even I forgot all about that. <laughs> nice i'll just sit down on the floor and take that binder and start flipping through it and and i can kill an hour you know just by reading the backs of the cards and and just remembering certain things it's just it's amazing what i've forgotten how much how much i've learned and how much i've forgotten because there's i keep trying to keep up with the most current stuff and my mind can only hold so
2: much. I remember too that we uh, collected sir, this, just, we collected right, this yeah. along the way, right? Like, you, we oh, didn't yeah. accumulate this stuff recently. Mm-hmm. So it's in yeah. our, our short term memory. Right. That's why you're going to forget. And yeah. all oh, that's why, right. hey,
4: between Paul and Chucksterman, these guys have forgotten more about wrestling cards I than got, people
1: know about.
2: Yeah. Thousand <laughs> plus individual wrestling cards. So, yeah, wow. there's stuff in there I've
1: forgotten about. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, guys, thanks for joining us, episode 100. Honestly, this has been. One of my favorite roundtable episodes uh, that we've done. I'm not just saying that. I think the dis- the the topics that we've had today and the discussion, the back and forth, has been very helpful. Hopefully, a lot of the people listening that are collecting, hopefully, it's helping their journey. We're going to go back around the horn. Just let everybody know where they can find you and anything else you want to say. Parting words. We'll start with Paul.
2: Uh, yeah. Thanks again, and congratulations once again to you, Antony, on a fantastic job. 100 episodes. Well done, guys. Uh, Paul you. and Anne, Wrestling Card Price Guide card underscore guide on Twitter. Um, put it over to you, Chuck.
5: Again, just want to say congratulations again to both of you. Uh, I hope I'm on episode number 200 when it comes around. <laughs> we'll do it. And find Every me week. at Chuck's or on Twitter. So uh, that's about the only place I hang out these days. So,
0: yeah. Ryan um you can find me at real ryan box on twitter or at this is axw that's the uh, american excellence wrestling company that runs out of the hamburg field house we've been doing that a few years now and uh the collecting group is not your kids collectibles on facebook if you want to drop by and pick up some cards or pick up some figures from the other members you're free to buy sell trade do whatever you want man
1: that's awesome and we'll go to the other ryan pat ryan
3: well, you can find me on Twitter. I hate my Twitter handle. I used to be part of the, I used to be a social media manager for an adult entertainment company. I, don't I worked for that. Don't, don't, don't downplay that. So, <laughs> so but my, my, my Twitter handle is BB Stiffington. I was Bam Bam. Yeah. <laughs> I used to write reviews on the stuff. So you can find me at BB Stiffington on Twitter. And just today, after as we were getting ready for the podcast, Zan, I was on my phone and I was changing my YouTube page because my YouTube channel was always Pat Ryan. And there's a ton of Pat Ryans around. You can't find it. Sure. So now it's Wrestling Card Warriors. I stole the WCW logo and changed it into Wrestling Card Warriors with Big Pat Ryan. So as of today, you can find me on YouTube at Wrestling Card Warriors. Most of the Uh, videos are my hands, but soon it's going to be my face too. I'm going
1: to search that out and subscribe as soon as we are done recording this. And then as always, we're going to turn it over to the number, like, don't even try to get Chuckster cards because all the best ones have been hoarded by this one guy, Tony (laughs) Bella, let everybody know where they can find you.
4: Well, I'm rather new to the internet, so um, (laughs) you could probably uh, do a search and try to find uh, wrestlingtradingcards.com. All of our social media accounts are uh, found in the bottom of every single page, including our YouTube channel. So uh, have fun with that. And don't forget, if you are in the uh, Phoenix, Arizona area, come over and check out the Wrestling Guy store here.
1: (laughs) Uh, Honky-tonk, man. What a a first great guest.
4: Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's surprising. Uh, Today, before we start recording, I got uh, mail today from someone. I've got boxes behind me. I got good old Kevin. Kevin from over the UK sent me some cards to get signed. I got a box from a guy here uh from uh from canada he wants to get uh some four figure sign and then i got other awesome. f- four boxes came this morning from people for mail-ins for honky-tonk man so i'm um, good good uh good response for him so
2: don't uh, forget we'll, to save some cards huh
4: save what cards i don't know what you're talking about
2: yeah <laughs> I, have i done it again have i talked about something i shouldn't
4: have <laughs> we're all, or, always you dropping put it out Easter there ends. you tweeted it the other
1: day
4: i tweeted it a tease a tease like the, all upper right. Right, the upper right corner of something. That
1: was it. I'm, I'm closing this out before somebody gets in trouble. Yeah. Uh, you can I always, find I always uh, get in trouble, Zan. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Zan Morning on all social platforms, Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. And of course, right here on the Worlds Collide podcast. 100 episodes down. We made it this far. We're going to keep going as long as we can. Guys, everybody that's a part of this roundtable today, thank you, even including Tony. Thanks, everybody, for taking thanks, the everybody. time to kind of make it a point to record today. Um, everybody knows the scheduling kind of gets crazy when we've got to record something. So thanks for taking the time. And everybody listening or watching, Thanks for taking the time out of your day to download this or stream this or however it is you're listening, please subscribe. And going back to, you know what, Paul and Chuckster said at the beginning, building this hobby, building the community, the more you spread the word about what we're doing, what WTC TV is doing, what card foundation is doing, the more content that you share and tell friends about and get wrestling fans that aren't collecting into collecting, the more we grow our hobby and the more fun Mm -hmm. we have overall. So Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Subscribe, share, and until next time, keep collecting, because wrestling cards... Wrestling cards roll! That's it. We'll see (laughs) you.